Welcome to Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Erin Page, and today in honor of Metro Family's 25th anniversary and three years of our Raising OKC Kids podcast, we are welcoming back some of our most popular guests for an update on one of our most downloaded podcast topics. Welcome to Kylie Holland, Sarah Cunningham, and Katrina Kalb to talk about resources for LGBTQIA youth. I'm so happy to have all of you here today. It's so good to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Thanks so much our, for Hi, I am so glad to see all of your faces. Our conversation three years ago was one of my favorites. And as I mentioned, has been one of our listener favorites. Plus, it also received a gold award from the Parenting Media Association. All of that just underscores how needed your words and expertise have been in our parent community over the last three years. Before we dive into today's conversation, I want to share a bit more about each of you for our listeners who haven't met you yet. Kylie Holland is the program director for CSU Youth Services, which is a low barrier identity affirming space in Oklahoma City where unhoused transition age youth find the shelter and support they need to pursue the lives they want. Kylie helps connect the youth who are staying in the shelter, those participating in drop-in services, and youth newly placed in housing who need support with local organizations and professionals to provide everything from job readiness and life skills training to health and wellness programming. Sarah Cunningham is an author, activist, and the founder of nonprofit Free Mom Hugs, which is now an international movement to educate and advocate organizations of all types for safe and protected spaces for LGBTQIA individuals and families. Sarah is the author of How We Sleep at Night, A Mother's Journey from the Church to the Pride Parade, about her own journey, and she uses her experience and education to help parents and children have authentic relationships and to connect with faith, civic, and business leaders to make the world a kinder, safer place for our LGBTQIA family. Katrina Kalb is a founding board member of Free Mom Hugs and now serves as program director and social media manager. A survivor of the denounced practice known as conversion therapy, Katrina speaks to bring light to this dangerous practice which harms the LGBTQIA community under the guise of hope and healing. A former chaplain and youth pastor, Katrina is aware of the deep need to change the thinking and narrative in the church. So now that I get to have three of my favorite people on the podcast again, let's start with an update from each of you on how your organizations have grown over the past three years. Kylie, will you start? Sure. Yes. Wow. Uh, we have had so much um, tremendous growth over the last three years at CSU. Um, it's kind of bittersweet because it's been a really exciting time to be able to expand our services and reach more young people um, that are in need across the community. Um, but at the same time, we know that the need is great and vast. And so, um, you know, the, the necessity for expanding our services continues. Um, since we spoke last, we've been able to launch three different transitional living programs for young people ages 15 up to 24. 
We've opened our drop-in center to now being 23 hour around the clock, low barrier drop-in center for youth that are able to come and meet their basic needs like getting a hot meal, being able to access our clothing closet and food pantry or showers and access to laundry. Um, they also have the opportunity to meet with one of the members of our supportive services team, our case management team. Um, that includes eight case managers, an education coordinator, and an employment specialist. And through our supportive services team, we're able to create individual service plans and be able to walk alongside the young person to be able to achieve their goals. Um, and then the final program expansion was our host home program, which is a bit similar to like a, a foreign exchange program for young people being placed in a home. I'm going to put you on the spot, Kylie, and ask okay. what, what does it look like in terms of the number of youth that you're able to serve now versus three years ago? Sure. Um, so last year, I think that we were, were able to record um, about 250 young people accessing our services. Um, we actually know that that number is a little bit greater, but we were kind of um, fine-tuning our data collection. Over the last five months, we have served 191 youth just in our drop-in center alone. Um, so, you know, I have seen so many new faces, um, so many young people that are hearing by word of mouth, um, some of our advertising through Google searches um, and through like service partners in the community um, about our, our services. And I think that, you know, part of the expansion of our accessibility being 23 hours has led to um, seeing, you know, an increase in young people showing up, I think just um, you know, just having more limited hours automatically like decreases the access and availability to young people. So that was one of our biggest, um, you know, steps forward that we knew we wanted to expand those hours. And we have definitely seen, you know, just, yeah, uh, just shocking numbers. I didn't even expect to see that many um, new faces. So like you said, Kylie, it um, it is heartbreaking to know how many young people in our community need your services, but so exciting to know that you guys are growing to be able to meet that need. And then Sarah and Katrina, tell us about all the growth at Free Mom Hugs over the last three years. You want me to go first? Yeah, you go, Sarah. Because <laughs> Katrina knows everything, everything. <laughs> But what I know is that um, in three years, a lot's happened, not only within the organization, but within our national board. Uh, we've expanded, I think the last count on volunteers, we're at 15,000. And like Kylie, we just started our record keeping about three years ago, kind of the plane took off and we were, what does Carrie say? We were building the plane in the air because everything was happening. <laughs> That's so very fast. relatable. <laughs> yeah. It's like we were, we were, uh, but with the planes together, it's flying well. We've got an excellent pilot, co-pilot and staff. And um, so we've been able to expand in the way that we can support our chapter and state leaders, co-leaders to really be able to serve the community where they're at. And I'll let Katrina share some good news with you, something we've been working on. 
so many things, but no, I was like, Oh, which one? But the big thing is the biggest dream we have had from the beginning was, wouldn't it be amazing if we could have a free mom hug conference and it has finally come to fruition and you all, it really is amazing because when we do go back and think about, you know, we exploded in 2018, 2019, um, with Sarah's viral post about being a stand-in mom at um, LGBTQ weddings. And we, you know, had no idea with 250 followers on Facebook and now we're over a hundred thousand and it just, you know, we survived COVID. And I mean, you all know that, that a nonprofit based on physical touch was doomed. <laughs> and somehow we made the pivot and we survived. And now we're able to, bring our chapter leaders from all across the country and other allies and anyone who needs resources to the home city of Oklahoma City where it was all founded. This is where Sarah was even born and the movement was born here. So it's, you know, it is another bittersweet thing and Oklahoma is not um, something to be proud of at the moment legislatively. Um, but movements and the people of the movement are something we want to be proud of. And that's why we were like, we're bringing everyone to Oklahoma City for the very first conference. Yeah, when you couldn't be more pleased with the lineup. And Kaylee, you know, I just want to commend you. I've been watching uh, just all that you do and have done the challenges. And I mean, to hear that you have been, um, I want to say, funded in a way that you can expand and provide these services that is so needed here. I'm so happy and thankful that we have you. And even when you were just in the basement of a little church down the street, I couldn't be more prouder of the work that you guys are doing. Still in the basement. <laughs> Getting out of the basement. We are, um, we are under construction for our new building. So we should be in there by at least the beginning of 2024. So fingers crossed. That's great news. That's great. Yeah. News. I look forward to our Oklahoma chapter being able to hopefully help and be a part of at least just being in the lives of those who need it the most. It is so exciting. And I, um, I will add on that it is a multi-phase process. Um, so the first phase will allow CSU to serve even more youth. And then there's a second phase that's coming that um, again, is just going to be able to expand those services further and provide a, a really welcoming, beautiful space for everybody the organization serves. Yeah, I do have a question though. I, I heard you say 23 hours. Is there, what's the crux between 23 and 24? Sure. So, um... There are just certain regulations when you're 24 hour that's like labels you as a residential facility. Okay. Um, and as a shelter, we're really not a residential facility. Um, and so that didn't feel like a good fit for us. And um, so we close at least one hour a day. We have what we call our walk-in hours. And then we have by appointment only hours. Um, it gives our staff a little bit of time to focus on like one-on-one -on -one appointments with clients and, you know, to clean and prep the space. Mm. That makes sense. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. So to frame the rest of our conversation, I wanted to revisit a question from our first podcast, because I feel like this is just, it's always an important piece of the conversation. 
why is it so vital for our queer or questioning youth to have an affirming, loving community or mentors around them? And then why is it so detrimental to their mental health and really their very lives when they don't? Well, it is a difference between life and death. We know that. And the numbers alone, uh, I believe last time we spoke, it was 40, uh, the suicide at-risk behavior goes down 40% uh, for every one affirming person, supportive person in the life of an LGBTQ person. And uh, with the political climate that we're in now, I'm sure that it's greater than that even. And I know Kylie, last year, you had some incredible numbers. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm sure those have changed as well. Yeah, um, they have changed a bit, but not much. They stay pretty steady with, um, you know, having one affirming adult in your life reduces the risk of suicide by 40%. Um, and I do always like to share that statistic because I think that it's so impactful um, because it genuinely is so simple, um, you know, to be that one supportive person for our young people. Um, and I just wanted to say that, you know, LGBTQ young people live and grow up in a world that wasn't built for them, you know, especially, especially in specifically trans and non-binary youth of color. Our society, you know, still operates under really restrictive gender norms and expectations on both expression of gender and, you know, one's sexuality. And, you know, I think that if everybody just like took a second to think about, you know, some aspect of your person that you were born with, um, if that made you a target for everyday, you know, bullying, harassment, and even violence, that this is what our community looks like for, you know, our LGBTQ friends and family members. And, you know, as you can imagine, just that alone puts the queer community at much higher risk for, you know, mental and, emo and emotional struggles. Um, and especially our young people who are already trying to find their place in the world. Um, and so it's really vital that we wrap our young people up and be able to allow them to explore, you know, truly who they are. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that statistic that I think it's 41% um, of queer young people have considered, have seriously considered suicide within the last year. Um, and that's, you know, that's a gut-wrenching and like horrible statistic, but, you know, conversely that, that statistic that we were just talking about how you can be that one supportive adult in their life and reduce that number. Um, you know, it's, we can choose, we can all choose to be that safe and wildly affirming person um, for everyone that we interact with. And it does make a difference and it will make a difference. Um, so I think that that's just, you know, that's really important to remember that we can do it. You know, it's not, there's not some big, um, you know, secret equation. It's just loving and affirming the people around us. And what does that look like in its most effective form? I think that, you know, it looks like, you know, simple things like 
um, not assuming someone's pronouns. Um, and if it's appropriate, being able to ask them, you know, hey, what pronouns do you use before you interact with them? Um, not, you know, assuming someone's gender as you're interacting with them, um, using someone's name that they tell you they're going by, um, allowing people to share with you their experience without being defensive or, um, you know, feeling, feeling attacked by someone just sharing with you how they're feeling or what that interaction like felt like to them um, can truly be a safe space, you know, being able to be that listening ear and genuinely listening um, and being, being curious and asking questions and, um, but then making the effort to, to, to actually listen, take in what someone is sharing with you, and then make, make small changes. Um, I just don't think that, you know, it's, it's all too difficult, um, but I think everybody gets worried about um, maybe like what the appropriate thing to do is, or maybe just ignore, you know, ignore things that they don't understand altogether. Um, and that, that just isn't the answer. I liked what you said, Kylie, about being curious. And I think, um, you know, as a parent, how many times have I realized if I could just approach whatever the scenario is with curiosity instead of like giving a lecture or <laughs> whatever maybe my natural instinct as a mom is, um, I just feel like when, when we can shift a lot of things in our lives to approach with curiosity, um, that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, and I think, you know, asking questions is so big for youth today because it really is that you care. You're not going to, you're not based on your own knowledge. You're not based on your own assumptions, but you're asking them questions about things like, what does this mean? Or what do they talk about when they say gender dysphoria? What, what is that? Or, you know, like to really listen to them, I think is, is priceless right now. And especially when their voices are really being taken away. And, you know, we've seen that at the Oklahoma Capitol that, you know, kids aren't allowed to, if they go there on a day um, when things are being said about them that are completely not true and misinformation, um, you know, they're not allowed to wear pride colors or have a trans flag. They can't bring a sign in. They, you know, they're systematically being silenced. And so I think anytime we can give them a place for their voice, um, it's so important and, and just to show that, you know, you care and you know, um, what's going on. We have a thing here at, at Free Mom Hugs right now where visibility is more important for the allies because, you know, this is the crux of three years ago. We all did amazing work and we're so excited that we made the world a little bit safer to be visible. And the problem now is that it's not safe to be visible the shift has occurred. And so who needs to be visible is the allies. That's what needs to be happening now. And, you know, in order to protect the kids, um, you know, and every day there's debate over their existence and it's just hard to listen to um, over and over again. And so I think, I think that's a place where allies just have to step up and just be obviously um, on their side, you know, I see a lot more when we would have free mom hug shirts on in places or like we're just a rainbow bracelet. Um, 
you know, the response in public, a lot of people would be like, oh my gosh, I love your organization. And it was high, right? And now I'm noticing when I'm at the post office or at a drive-through window and someone sees my shirt or my bracelet, it's more teary and like, mm, thank you. I love your shirt. And, you know, so that's, that's the societal shift that's going on right now is that people just kids need comfort and they need safety and they need to know that we're all fighting for them. And the things that people are saying about these laws are just, are just not true. And they need to know they're not alone and everybody in a sense lying about them. I want to continue that train of thought, Katrina, to talk more about the shifts that we've seen in the last three years since our last conversation and what you all are seeing in your organizations out in the community that has you especially concerned for our LGBTQIA plus youth. It's concerning to say the least. What we're seeing uh, is happening very fast. Um, I, I'm kind of at a loss because it's just so much. It's just every day there's something there's an onslaught of um of bills that are targeting and the bills are absurd uh they're dangerous they're um just harmful to the lgbtq plus community and their families and it's just putting a huge target on the community and that's my that's my main fear is the target the platform that these um extremists are putting on the community, the platform that they're allowing um, to bring attention to um, these beautiful people. And it's it's just disheartening. I, I get upset because I think about what we're hearing. So, um, but I'm perplexed because at the same time, we have a beautiful trans woman representing a national product like KitchenAid. We have uh, Starbucks, the company making a beautiful commercial regarding an a Indian family with their trans daughter. It's beautiful. And yet such, you know, what's happening in Florida and Texas and even Oklahoma. So like Katrina said, we just, we need our allies to be even more visible and vocal than ever before. And like Kylie said, there's, it doesn't take much. It could be a, a rainbow pencil in a teacher's pencil cup. It could be a bumper sticker of equality or just supporting groups, organizations that are doing the work. I was on an interview recently and they asked me, what's giving you life? And I said, walking alongside and learning and following the lead of organizations that are doing the work, like the ACLU of Oklahoma, like HRC of Oklahoma, that's giving me life and hope in a way that I wouldn't have otherwise without them. So it's crucial that the that the parents make their home a safe place to set the example for their children, whether their children are part of the community or not. When you see that Starbucks commercial, comment about it, how positive it is and how beautiful it is that this is being accepted and, and um, celebrated in the world around us. And that way you, you set the example with your child and their friends and they know that their home is a safe place, whether it's needed for them or their friends. So there's many things that we can do. We just need to be creative because like Katrina said, it's like a secret. I feared, I don't even want to say it, but it's like a secret society almost where you wear a bracelet and people say, thank you. Thank you for that. You know, 
right? It kind of reminds me of the the um, Christian fish, you know, that 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 came out of oppression, where you know, where um, someone would be walking on the beach and and write the the bottom half of the fish, and then another person would come by and do the top half, and that's how you knew you were in the same family, and um, and yeah, uh, people need people need that. People need to know it. And I'll tell you what's most disheartening to me at the moment is, and I was talking to Sarah about this yesterday, is that so much of these bills are being passed at night. They're not getting news coverage. They're not being publicized or explained. There are people who really have no idea. Number one, they're being passed. Number two, what they mean or how they affect their families. And that is to me the most dangerous, even within the community. You know, I can speak to people in the LGBT community as friends and say, you know, can you believe this drag ban and what it's going to do even to people like me? I wore a suit to my wedding and that would get me arrested now. And there are people in the community who say, what, what now? And they don't, they don't even know. It's, it's that secretive and that manipulative that these things are going on. Um, and it just, it concerns me. It's not making news. It concerns me. It's not making national news and people really are not aware of this abuse of power that is making big strides um, behind closed doors and in the dark of night. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, I, whenever I first started working, um, for CSU, I I didn't even realize just how many um, LGBTQ young people were experiencing homelessness. Um, but LGBTQ young people make up about forty to sixty percent of the youth um, that are experiencing homelessness in the United States and in Oklahoma. The statistic is true. Um, with family rejection being the number one reason for their homelessness. Um, and, you know, that just doesn't have to be true. You know, that it doesn't have to be so. These young people do not have to be on the street. Um, and so I think that the passing of all of these anti-trans and anti-LGBTQ anti bills um, scares me for kind of the the effects, I mean, for everything, you know, that that you all just said, but but also for, you know, the target that it puts on LGBTQ young people's backs and what that will do, you know, for their safety, for their stability, for their housing, for everything, you know, just like their the, the entirety of their livelihood and what, you know, what what makes us all be able to thrive. Um, and we know that these bills just existing cause mental and emotional um, harm to young people. I think that the Trevor Project put out a statistic just this year that stated one in three young people um, express the, you know, the, the negative state of their, you know, their mental and emotional state is from um, hearing about all of these, these bills and legislation across the country. And it just feels like you know, being in this constant state of fight or flight and not knowing, you know, what's coming next. And um, yeah, it just feels a lot like we're, we're backpedaling in a lot of ways. There's a lot 
of heaviness. Um, I want to talk about the flip side about positives that you all have seen since our last conversations, improvements, enhancements, and the ways the community supports LGBTQIA plus youth that are giving you some hope. I know for us, we had um, a, a great flip side about a month ago, I want to say, Sarah, you can help me with this, but um, there was a situation, I want to say, in Kentucky with aldermen. Um, I can't remember their name, ah, um, but um, they were a legislator and had a speech about these dangerous moms who go hugging people. Um, and how they are grooming children to get comfortable with hugs and non-consent. And without naming us, um, they named us and created this big fury of, you know, either people saying, yeah, that's crazy and dangerous um, versus the flip side, which was we registered more volunteers in the week after Sarah's video response um, than we had all year. And it was simply people saying, this is absurd. And I want to be a part of this movement that is loving and, you know, supporting the LGBTQ community and is in a sense in opposition um, to ridiculous notions that legislators are putting out right now. So, so there is a flip side. And again, once people become aware of what is happening they don't like it. You know, there is a statistic that 70% of Americans are for LGBTQ rights. Um, it just is simply the abuse of power that we're fighting. And to add to that, the 60% of Americans have no idea there's an issue. So this is where the good news is 60%. I don't want to say it's good news. Let me rephrase that. 70% of Americans want equality. 60% of Americans have no idea there's an issue. Say, well, you have marriage equality. What more do you need? Because they just are not aware. It's not, I don't think it's intentional. I really don't, in my heart of hearts, believe that most people are good people and they want everyone to have a good and healthy, happy life. So the question is, how do we bring awareness in a way that's not sounding the alarm and lighting everything on fire but to say, this is not acceptable. This is not acceptable and it's not helping. So it's an abuse of power birthed out of fear and ignorance. How do you combat that? You sound the alarm with love, education and providing platforms like Kylie, like Sisu to provide a safe place for these beautiful youth to go, to nurture and thrive. And those, those are the things I think we need to focus on. Personally, Free Mom Hugs has a mission. Visibility, I believe that we have that down. You know, we we are visible, but now we're being vocal and intentional with our educational aspect of our mission, and that is to empower the world to celebrate the community through visibility. We got that. We're working on it still. It will never stop. And then education, and that comes with the conference. We're having, you know, people come in from the Human Rights Campaign, PFLAG, um, Oklahoma representatives who can speak to the issues 
and to empower our allies. We hope our main goal for this conference is to empower the attendees to go back to where they live, to use what they've got with who they're with and to change the world around them until every household is affirming, until every person can change the conversation at the water cooler and show up at the Capitol when these unacceptable bills and say, my voice is value and you need to hear it. Anyway, that's my spiel. Kylie. Absolutely. I um, I absolutely think education is such an important piece of this. Um, there are so many organizations that have reached out um, to CSU and started engaging in conversations, asking questions about how to support their LGBTQ staff. Um, and I'm really excited to say that we are working on a gender and diversity training and have brought it to different organizations in the community and really look to um, continue to grow that. Um, but I also think that, you know, I've seen a lot of positives in, you know, the grassroots community of LGBTQ folks coming together for other folks and, you know, fundraising or intentionally creating safe spaces around the city. Um, and then last but not least, young people. Um, they're, you know, every day when I come into CSU, there are young people there that come from all different backgrounds, all different, you know, lifestyles and families and geographically different places. And we have a really strong um, no hate speech policy. And we make that very clear at the very beginning when anybody enters services. And it is incredible the kind of interactions that I see, you know, people who don't look alike, who know nothing about the other person and their interactions and their, you know, ability to say, like, I may not understand you, but I'm, I can interact and even coexist in the same space with you. And, you know, I, I'm going to ask some questions and be curious. And I just, I always get really like fueled by the way that I see our young people interact with one another because that, you know, it really is that simple. Um, just, just being able to, to coexist and um, yeah. And I love to see that in, in our youth. You guys have talked about some of this, but I want to really focus on what happens next, whether it's especially our parent listeners, um, what, you know, what can we do? What are organizations like both of yours doing? What does the community do? How do we move toward inclusion? And maybe most importantly, why does this matter to all of us, whether or not we know or love someone in the LGBTQIA plus community? Well, you know, gonna, oh, go ahead, Kelly. I'm oh, sorry. I was just going to um, echo what you all were saying earlier about, you know, we've got to lean on our allies. We have to have the allies in the community, whether you think you know or love somebody that's part of the LGBTQ community, you do. And, and we have to be vocal. You know, I, we, our allies in the community have got to be the ones that are using their voices. Um, we've got to be vocal against all of these anti-trans and anti-gay legislation against, you know, bigotry and microaggressions that we hear. And, you know, I think that being the person who will stand up for LGBTQ people, even if they're not in the room, you know, 
as a community, we have to understand that harm to anyone is harm to everyone. And, you know, it takes all of us being able to come together and unite our voices and be able to, um, you know, to be vocal about what is happening and educate and then be able to make that change. And, and like I said, I really think that it starts right now with all of our allies standing up and supporting. Yeah, I agree completely. You know, I saw, I think yesterday or the day before there was a, I think it's a PFLAG meme going around um, and it, it says something about, you know, this pride season, could we move from love is love to our trans kids are in danger and dying. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that is, that's it, you know, and, and our organization, we're all about love. We're all about hugs. We're all about, you're going to be okay. Um, and it is different this year. It's hard. Um, it's hard to be an ally. It's hard to be in the community. Everybody's exhausted. Um, but it is the element of, but you can't give up. So we have to support each other. We have to, you know, we have to create these places where we're all safe like this, um, to talk about what's going on, to talk about what we need, talk about what's working and talk about what isn't working. Um, and for me, the big picture is everyone has to level up. Everyone has to do more. One of our chapter leaders, she, she said something and it's so simple and it just gets it. And she's like, everybody has got to get off Facebook and get on the street. And it's like, that's it. You know, what you've been doing that felt like enough, um, whether it was a sticker, whether it was a t-shirt, whether it was, um, you know, speaking to your teacher, honestly, whatever it is, everyone's got to do more now. You we all have to level up if this is going to work. Um, but at the same time, we all have to support each other because we're tired. And call your legislators and go down to the Capitol. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I agree. It is about voting is the ultimate uh, power tool <laughs> that we can use. But in the meantime, and even that is being jeopardized in many states, uh, the ability to vote. So there are times when I get overwhelmed when I think what in the world and we were at Norman Pride the first Pride for me of the season and it was like the shot in the arm we all needed it was just a beautiful day there were beautiful people and I was talking to a beautiful young person and we were talking about the current events and he they said I'm just I'm tired but we can't we can't afford to be tired right now we can't afford to quit or take a rest and that really rung true with me. So, um, and Katrina just reminded me of something. It's about level up, but it just inspired me. We, as Free Mom Hugs, we're going to talk later, we're going to build this out, but make platforms for people to show up. What kind of platforms can we give, whether it's at the state capital? We have to be careful because of the 501c3. It's kind of a dance there, but what can we do? What can we create in Oklahoma, in our cities and states? a platform for people to come to and hear about what's happening, a rally of sorts. Um, yeah, it makes me think yeah. of uh, Zoe Zephyr, <laughs> the, the trans legislator in um, Montana who was silenced um, and kicked out into the hallway. Um, and she's got an amazing video out right now. I think it was at the GLAAD Media Awards with our own Maury Turner. Um, and she said, find the room where your voice matters most. Mm. 
So does everybody need to go to a pride parade? No, we have a saying, it's like, we're not asking you to go to pride parade, but we are asking you to love your child. But find the room where your voice matters. Is that at your church? Is that at your school? Are you a counselor and you have a voice to talk to other counselors? You know, are you a doctor? Are you a lawyer? Are you know, like find that place where your voice matters um, because it needs to be big impact now. Absolutely. And I just wanted to say um, something that you all said sparked a thought, and it's that, you know, we're tired. And this fight has been, you know, long and it's not over. And I just wanted to say that, you know, queer people are, are resilient and historically we don't give up and we're still here and we're still doing this. And, you know, we bring each other water and food and we, you know, take care of each other and we're going to continue doing that. And I think that there are so many ways in which we can do that for one another. What other local resources do you want parents especially to know about? Maybe parents who are are curious and who, who want a little bit more education and information, um, resources that support LGBTQIA plus youth here locally um, or support the people who love them. I think any any equality center and, and you know, and I I say this to everyone, not just if you know you are a parent of an LGBTQ child or an LGBTQ person, um, but again, just to be aware, if you just follow Freedom Oklahoma, follow the Equality Center in Tulsa, follow CSU, follow ACLU Oklahoma, you know, just pay attention um, because again, so much is happening and a lot of people don't even know it. And so whether you feel like it applies to you or not, kind of like what Kylie said, this is equal rights for everyone. And if they're coming after us, they're going to come after you too. Um, and you're fighting, you know, for all kids. So just find those places and support those places. PFLAG, um, you know, all of these places. If you can't physically go somewhere, a great opportunity is to donate. So many great organizations um, that are doing the work. Trans Family Resources is amazing. Yeah, there's so many, like Katrina mentioned, but the I think the smartest thing that I have done as an ally is I joined the mailing list for ACLU, Oklahoma and National, PFLAG, Oklahoma and National, Human Rights Campaign, Oklahoma and National. That keeps me abreast of current issues and national issues. And I'm not a very politically minded person, but their newsletters are written in such a way, it's like a an update and it just put put it in a way that I can understand even the simplest terms uh, because a lot of it is over my head I can read a bill and not even know what they're talking about but join the newsletters get on that newsletter list support the organizations who are doing the work uh, support organizations like Sizu who are providing life to these beautiful young people and just get involved and I used to say if you can Pray, pray. If you can show up, show up. If you can donate, donate. There's always a season of one or the other in your life. Um, I wanted to share a couple of spaces uh, that provide support for young people. So QSpace is a really great one. Um, they have like a, a 13 to 17 year old group that meets once a week. And as I think it's like 18 to 24 or maybe something like that, double check me. Um, 
but it's a really great uh, space for young people to feel supported and to have community. Um, and then just like find spaces around the city. I, there are so many right now that um, are working to make sure that there's somebody there that looks like you. You know, um, places like Factory Obscura is a great family outing um, and being able to take your, your young people there, your children there. Um, you know, they're seeking out the spaces in the community that are built and made for LGBTQ youth um, is so important to, to support, um, to be a part of, to take your children to, um, and just kind of normalizing that we're all just humans, you know, and um, yeah, and finding people that, that uh, look like you in the community. That's great advice. As we close out our conversation today, what do each of you most want our parent listeners to know about supporting LGBTQIA plus youth? Start at home first. That's the, that's the biggest for me. You know, we even, we have a seven-year-old at home and she's got two gay moms um, and she still comes home and is like, what's with the weird guy with the skirt? <laughs> and it's like, okay, babe, let's sit down. And, you know, so it's, um, it's just at home, you have to create a safe place, you have to create allies, advocates within your own home, you know, even if Oklahoma as a state is not safe, your home can be safe. And that's where you start. And you create those advocates and allies to go forward from there. Um, and then they can join the ACLU and make signs and come join us. Yeah, I would say when children, you know, whether they're seven or 77, a chapter leader said that, and I just stayed with me when your children, whether they're seven or 77, tell you who they are, believe them or show you who they are, believe them and celebrate them, or you're going to suffer without them. And that's true. And lastly, go to freemomhugs.org. I have to plug freemomhugs.org. <laughs> Find your state chapter, get plugged in. You'll have resources there. And I, I promise you it'll be the best thing you've ever done to go and offer to be that loving presence in the lives of those who need it the most. And you can thank me later, freemomhugs.org. Absolutely. Um, I'll just echo what you all said and that, you know, you can be that safe space for your children um, in a world that's not always safe for them. And um, all of that, you know, society says a lot of things to our, our kids. You know, I, I can relate in, um, my, you know, my kids are from a home with two moms, in fact, four moms. Um, and, and so my kids still come home and say things like, you know, what's with boys in skirts? And I'm like, yeah, boys can definitely wear skirts. Um, and we have to have those conversations over and over again because of the world around them. Um, and that it's so important, not only if your child feels like that's a part of their identity, but if their friends and that person in their class and, you know, the, the kid who doesn't have anybody sitting, in, you know, on the playground, like you're saying those things to your kids for that person. Um, and so it, that's like, yeah, like you all said, that's where it starts. It starts at home and you can be that one person and you can make a difference. Um, and just by making that small difference, 
violence alone, we can lower the number of, of you know, young people who are considering suicide or young people who are living on the streets, you know, it all starts at home. For me, I would add one more thing if I could, Erin, I'm ahead, sorry. Erin. No, go ahead. This year's word for free mom hugs has been intentional. And I would just encourage your listeners and all each one of us to just be intentional every day towards making the world a better place where you are. And it's going to look different for you than it might be for me, but be intentional. And I guarantee you, if you look for those opportunities, you're going to find them. So be intentional. For me as the mom, at the end of the day, this work is about loving kids, all of them for, for who they are and, and raising humans who are going to go out into the world and love other people for who they are too. And I think there are a lot of instances and issues where people don't understand or say they don't agree or whatever the case may be. But I think we can all agree that what we're doing for our collective future is raising great people who are going to love others in the world. I mean, I, I, I think that's that's a hard point to argue with that we want all of our kids to grow up and to be able to give back to the community and love other people. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you for all of the incredible and hard work that you all do in our community every day. So Thank much. you, Erin. Thank you, Erin, for this platform, for our conversation and for sharing what you have with what you've got and where you're with, who you're with. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks everyone for listening. Join us next time on Raising OKC Kids.